Warning, this podcast contains explicit language because crazy roommates are fucking crazy. My guest today is my good friend, Matt. Matt, how are you? I'm doing well. Happy to be at this AA meeting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're such a such a good sponsor. I'm, you I'm talked me into doing all kinds of crazy shit in my life. It's you you make it easy. It's that's, it's not a huge challenge. That's fair. That's that's a fair observation. Okay. Um let's give them a little background on today's story. Today's story is about uh the time whenever I was in college, first couple weeks of college, and my roommate tried to murder me. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it's 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 a good story. I've had the wonderful uh misfortune of not encountering any of these particular freaks in the story yeah i have a feeling that you would have had a different uh uh, different take on a lot of this stuff too that is possible if you were involved i have a feeling that this guy would have probably been seriously injured it's possible like I, i don't i don't take real well to people threatening me yeah yeah i know <laughs> seen it done <laughs> okay um, so a little bit of background. First off is that I graduated high school with my best friend, Jake. Jake and I were going into the same college with each other. We started talking to each other about roommates and should we be roommates, how we should be roommates. And then we heard from every single person who's been to college say, do not ever be roommates with your best friend. Which is solid advice. It really is. It, and that's advice I would give people nowadays, too. Don't go to college and be a roommate with your best friend. Especially not for your first roommate. You'll end up hating your roommate is a, a problem. So, like, if you're best friends and you become roommates and you start hating each other because you live with each other, little did I know that <laughs> I would eventually have a roommate that tried to murder me. But um, That's neither here nor there. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, so we both just decided that we are going to go with the random roommate. So we decided to do random roommates, and we said we're going to stay in the same dormitory. So yes, we'll have different roommates, but we're going to be in the same dorm, so that way we can still see each other and keep track of each other and talk to each other and stuff like that. So we got paired up with these randos, and the randos were completely random, and they literally sent you an email with your roommate's phone number and their email. And said, here you go, talk to them, say hi, et cetera. That very similar experience. You did too? That's good. Yeah. Uh, not to the murdering part, right? No, not to that part. The getting in contact with somebody you've never heard of before. It's like, hey, apparently we're going to live together. So let's yes. hammer out all the things that we're each individually bringing to the table so we can stock a room. Exactly. And that's exactly what we did. We we talked we talked about the dorm room supplies, like who had the bigger TV. He's like, oh, I have a big TV. It's like, you know, thirty inches or whatever. And I'm like, that's a really big TV at the time. That was a big TV. Oh, yeah, and I sure. would say, I would say, well, you know, mine was like thirty five. It's like, oh, then let's just use yours. And then who's bringing the fridge? Who's bringing the microwave? Who's got the beanbag chairs? All that stuff gets hammered out. And like, I even brought carpet which I thought was weird uh, to have. But it turns out, uh, I didn't realize this at the time, but later on in my life, I realized that my mom is a little bit of a hoarder. 
and uh, no longer surprised that I was able to outfit the entire room pretty much by myself because she had so much stuff, so many supplies ready to go. Yeah, I, I had the uh, the wonderful fortune of the summer before I was supposed to move in, we helped a friend, family friend move her apartment, and she was moving in with her daughter who was coming back from college. So I just took all of her shit. Yes, there you go. You definitely can. You can definitely fill a room with someone else's shit. Had so anyway, oh yeah. So anyway, uh, got the phone number of my roommate from that email. I sent him a text, and his name is Ryan. Uh, a little bit of background on him: he's from Eastern Kentucky. He's a little short, a little stocky. He's got a broken stash and a broken goatee. Like we're like eighteen at the time, so he can't really like fully grow in facial hair just yet but he's definitely kind of the good old boy he has a bit of a southern accent he does a lot of hunting a lot of fishing a lot of jerking off and has this mentality of you know people are out to get me but i keep in mind it's his first time as well first time branching out or you know reaching out to someone you've never met before and first time living with someone besides like your family out of the nest experience yeah exactly completely out of the nest so we talk about all the stuff we need to bring turns out most of my shit which is fine um my shit is like the best shit because it's mine but we move in he helps me move in talk about habits we talk about things that like ways to know like not to like if one of us has the room for the night like we talk about that stuff and then we lead into living our lives and we go to class and He goes to class. I go to class. We have different classes. We'll meet up for lunches and stuff like that. But this is when like the petty shit starts and it it started off like really small, right? So it started off really tiny. He stole like candy. He stole like pens pens and pencils and would just take it. But then it like escalated to him using like my laptop and my camera. And this is all things that are like, if he needed to borrow them, if he would have just asked me for permission, that would have been one thing. This is just all of a sudden I wake up, my laptop is gone. I'm like, what the, where the fuck did this shit go? And it's because he took it to class to use it for his class. And like, if he would have asked, it would probably have been a yes or no, you know, I'm going to use it that time, but you can use it at this time. But he just straight up stole it. So We had that sit down, come to Jesus meeting that you have with your roommate after they've been a shitty person. We established ground rules like which fridge shelves are which, whose they are, ask permission first for stuff. And I'm sure this wasn't entirely one-sided, right? I probably did steal some of his shit as well. I know for a fact that I did take some of his alcohol. Like he had some... He had some bourbon or something that he had and I, I took it and I drank some of it. It was really good. But... We have that meeting and we establish ground rules and stuff like that. So, And those are very, very important conversations to have. I, I agree. And if you're going to live with someone, you need to have like some, some basis of a ground rule. Yeah, you, uh, you don't want to fall into just being like passive aggressive to each other. Speaking is always the best option. Yeah. Passive aggressive makes for funny stories. Uh about yeah. being passive aggressive assholes to each other but you know it doesn't help things for the greater good yeah it's, it's not good for your mental health no it's not just always someone out to get you which he already had that mindset uh, yeah don't need to feed into that no absolutely not so anyway 
we come back from a Saturday. I come back from the liquor store with uh, my buddies, Jake and Caitlin. We're drinking in the dorm room, which is you're not supposed to do. We were drinking in the dorm room and Ryan was there. So he's drinking with us. So we gave him some of our alcohol and we started watching some TV and we started talking. Right. Mm-hmm. So then MASH comes on and MASH is like one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Colonel Blake has a hat. If you ever watch it, the first three seasons, Colonel Blake has a hat that has little fishing lures attached to it all the time. And so our conversation around there switches from what it was to about fishing. Now, talk freely. And I say, you know, fishing is a lot of luck and, you know, there's some skill involved too. And it's all about minimizing your chances, right? But there's still chances. There's still luck involved in this. And Ryan was not having it. He was pissed. Um, turns out Ryan was on the fishing team. So he's on the team and he is very angry at my statement that there's luck involved in any way. Now, Caitlin and Jake and them noticed that he's getting upset. And so we, we try to find common ground. They're like, yeah, you know, there's a lot of skill, like the different types of lures and stuff like that and knowing when to use them and where to go. But there's still luck that's involved. Well, yeah, there's and luck in everything that you do, always. There's always there's always a chance that something will go your way. Even, even if you did all the skill leading up to it, there's still luck involved that it goes your way. Yeah, most types of skill, especially like fishing as the example, is all about minimizing the effect that luck will have on what you're doing. On the outcome. Yeah. And he he just, he's not getting that. So he doesn't, he's not understanding that's what we're trying to say and that there's luck involved. And he, and he gets, he gets even angry. He goes, shut the fuck up. Stop, stop talking about stuff you don't know. And I was like, I was like, okay, I've, I've gone fishing, right? I've done it. And so I start making jokes, which is what I do whenever I get into weird situations. Sometimes they're not always appropriate. They also tend to make things worse. So I try to ease the tension and I, I make a joke about, you know, maybe like, you know, maybe there's this big fish that just had a big breakfast that morning and is just not feeling the biting of the hook for that day because he had a big breakfast, you know, buffet, you know, a little bit of brunch here and there. And Ryan says to me, he goes, don't fucking say that again. I was like, so the fish had a big lunch. So it's lucky if you put the hook in front of him, he's like, oh, I'll eat that. Or, oh, no, I'm okay. So it's lucky about that. And he pulls a knife out and he jumps on top of me and I'm on the bed and I'm against the wall. He jumps on top of me with his knife out and it makes that little click noise. Yeah, an assisted open knife. Yeah, exactly. He holds the knife against my throat and he says, say it again and i look at him and i say fishing is luck not skill there's luck involved and like entire face goes like oh what the fuck he what do i do now you called my bluff what next (laughs) exactly so it's like it's like oh i don't know how to I don't know how to respond to this. Like, do I cut him? Do I cut his throat now? Is that how this works? And uh, do I have to kill this man over? Do I have to kill this fucker because I threatened him. 
So anyway, during that hesitation, I see my window of opportunity and I kick him off of me. Jake and Caitlin are already running out the door and I kick him off of me and I'm out the door too. And we're running down the hallway and he's not following us. And we run down the hallway to like the landing place for the elevator. We turn to each other and we give each other a look. And I turn to them and I say, well, we're lucky we don't, he doesn't have that skill either. And we all have a laugh about it. Trying again, trying to ease the tension and stuff like that. And we head down, we go down to Jake's room and we talk a little bit more. And Jake and Caitlin tell me, hey, you need to go tell someone. And I'm like, no, I, I mean, I've had a, I have, I have a brother and we've had fights before too. And it's okay. And they're like, no, it's many, not okay. How many times has your brother threatened you with a knife? Yeah. I mean, zero, at least I think it's zero. I bet there's one or two in there. I bet, I bet, I bet there's one or two in there. <laughs> but like, I was like, you know, my brother and I, we, we had stuff like this happen and we'd, we'd work it out. And they're like, you, this is not your brother. This is a random stranger in the first month of you living with them pulls a knife on you. I was like, ah, it'll be okay. And they said, no, it is not normal. If you don't tell someone about this, we're going to tell them for you. I was like, okay. So, you know, that's what everyone needs in their life. They need friends that will push them to do the thing that they don't want to do, but you know is good for them. And like force you into a corner. I'm very thankful that they did that in the long run. Oh yeah, it it could have it, really turned out bad. It was probably wise. <laughs> yes. So anyway, we go to tell someone, and we go to tell our RA or our residential advisor, the person who's in charge of the floor. Floor. So we're up on the fourth floor. So we go to the fourth floor RA immediately after we tell the RA the story. He literally says, "Holy fuck." We need to go see the RD or the residential director, which is the one in charge of the whole building. So we go to the RD. The RD says, holy fuck. That's not supposed to happen. That Uh, is unacceptable. That is not what college is about. That's not something you should be dealing with. The RD says, okay, you're moving out of that room. I'm like, but all my shit is in there. Like, I've already got it all set up. And and it's like, you don't, this is not a request. This is what you're going to do. You yeah. are leaving that room. Him allowing you to be murdered on his watch wouldn't look good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, looking back on it, you're probably right. So I was like, okay, but I need help moving all that stuff. And he goes, oh, don't worry. It'll be fine. I was like, where am I going to live? Like, where am I going to go? Like, I don't want to move dorm dormitories because my buddy Jake and Caitlin are here. Like, I don't want to leave them. And he goes, oh, we're going to put you in a private room. I was like, ooh, a private room? And he goes, yeah, you're not going to have a roommate. We're going to we're gonna do that for you um, as long as you don't sue us. And I'm like, what? And uh, I think they even made me sign a paper saying I won't sue them. They're yeah, going to put me. That sounds like but, liability. I know. Um, so they put me in a private room and we moved all my shit down. Uh, but the before we did all that, they said, the RD said, let me call the cops first. I'm like, whoa, okay. So cop comes, we fill out a police report and everything. And then the cops like, would well, you guys feel okay going up there by ourselves? And we're like, I don't know. Like he did just try to murder me. So the cops like, okay. So cop comes up with us to watch over us as we do this, uh, 
moving out. Yeah. Keep things civil. You're you're basically in a domestic dispute at that point. <laughs> we're having we're having domestic issues. Um. So the cop watches us. He watches over us. And Ryan hides. He hid. He saw the cop and he hid. He thought I was going to be arrested. Like he didn't come out. So he moved my all of my shit. Me, me, Jake, and Caitlin, and uh, the RD and the RA all moved my shit down to the third floor. I bunked my beds and had a nice little room set up. Found I had a couch and some carpet and some beanbag chairs and flat screen TV. And, you know, I was doing I had a really nice setup going on. And what really bothers me is that after I moved out, like I hadn't heard from him. He didn't text me. He didn't call me. Uh, I would see him on campus. He never messaged me to say I'm sorry or anything like that. And I saw him on campus until, you know, until I didn't. Well, it turns out Ryan got arrested. He did the same shit. We pulled a knife on someone while in class. So like. Shocking. I know. Uh, not shocking in the slightest. So he pulled a knife on someone with class that was in a disagreement with him. They used my case or my history with the police as building a case uh, as a history of assault with a deadly weapon. But anyway, he ended up going to jail. Uh, assault with a deadly weapon charge and stuff like that. History of it too. Um, so he ended up going to prison over uh, something that happened to be in the dorms and then something that he did in class because he's an idiot. Now, the story takes a weird turn. And it cuts to about two years later. I'm at home from Christmas, uh, from college, and I get a call, and the caller ID says correctional facilities. And I'm like, who the what the who the hell do I know from correctional facilities? And then I think to myself, oh fuck, one of my friends, Matt or someone else, got arrested, and this is their bail phone call, and I so I answered it. I think you're flattering yourself if you think I would call you asking for money if I was in a pinch. Okay, that's fair. But not some of our other friends. <laughs> some of our other friends definitely. Yeah, there's a couple that might have tried that. Yeah, I, I think so too. So I think it's like some one of my friends is in trouble, so I answer it. And it says, hi, I'm such and such a lawyer for Ryan. And he's he's qualified for parole and we're calling you to see if you were okay with that. And I'm like, well, uh, I haven't seen him or heard from him in two years. Like, I don't really feel like I can make that call. And he's, I was like, has he changed in the slightest? Like, has something changed in his life? Like, is he? And, and the lawyer goes into detail about how he went to anger management classes while in prison. The teachers of the classes are highly recommended. They say that he's changed. He's a changed person. They think that he's going to do well. We're just asking to see if you feel afraid of him still, even two years later, and knowing that he's gone through all of this. Would you be okay with his release? And I said, I mean, if all the experts and everyone says that he's fine, I'm, I trust them. I trust what they say. But what really bothers me is that he hadn't apologized to me yet. And the, the lawyer's like, uh, excuse me? What what was that? I was like, look, he he never said he's sorry. He he never called me. He never texted me. He never said uh, on. He, I, I saw him in person. And he never said, hey, you know, I'm sorry for what I did. Um, so he never said a sorry. And then you hear like, you hear this uh, the phone like scoot across the table, 
You hear the phone scoot? As the phone scoot, I hear Ryan's voice and he goes, it's like a really like weak and timid voice. And he goes, I'm sorry. And uh, the lawyer takes the phone back and I go, okay, yeah, he's fine. Uh, Would not bother me in the slightest uh, if the experts say that he's okay and he's actually sorry and he says he's sorry, then that's fine with me if he gets released. So then... I hang up the phone, lawyer, I'm, uh, I'm sure that helped in some way uh, to get him out. And two years later, I see him in person. We're at a street festival and I see him. And as I see him, um, I don't know if it's him or not for sure, but I see him and he's just, this guy is just giving me the absolute death stare. And he's just staring me down. And I'm like, I think that's Ryan. I think that's him. And so like me being my, idiot self i give him a little wave like a little little dumbass wave out, outside at the festival because you know maybe it's not him maybe he's glaring at someone else and then that death stare that he was giving me turns completely and it turns completely into a you they're not going to find your body stare is what it turns into <laughs> i'm like oh oh wow um that is him and so like I quickly turn away from that area and I walk rather briskly away and I continue on with my day. And I honestly haven't seen or heard from him since. And I think I'm pretty sure he's still on my phone. Uh, I think he still has my number and he still has not done anything for me yet. Yeah. It's, it's weird that somebody would hold a grudge over that. Somebody's essentially holding him hostage over an apology. Hey, I mean, it's, just, it's, uh, it's remarkably okay. petty. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can. Uh, I can see that now. I can see that I was being. Hey, look. I understand that you're looking at you know potentially another two to three years of imprisonment, but I'd like for you to say I'm sorry first. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like even elementary school kids say I'm sorry, even when they don't mean it, they say I'm sorry. This is true. You just had years having this guy be forced to say I'm sorry while a judge and a bunch of lawyers look at him. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's a little, that's a little petty. That's, that's a little petty. But hey, but you got your apology. I got my apology, and I've got a human being out there somewhere that absolutely hates my guts, who might actually end up murdering me. So... <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think he's. I don't think he'll escalate to murder because he couldn't. He couldn't finish. Um, I, whatever I called his bluff. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's unlikely. So, it's it's not worth the effort at this point. You can hold on to hate in your heart forever, but that doesn't mean you have to act on it. That's true. That's true. But uh, and not being able to finish at the beginning, like unless prison. Well, I mean, he did go to prison. He could have learned to overcome that. I don't know. We'll see. Nah. I have something to add on to the story at the end of it. That's for sure. Yeah, we'll go back and have ourselves an addendum. In memoriam. (laughs) In memoriam. (laughs) 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 R.I.P. And loving memory of Todd. (laughs) The literally the literally uh, fishing fishing is luck, not skill. That's what I want on my graves. If this happens to me, if he murders me, it's gonna be a graffiti. I want that on my gravestone. Yeah, I my want uh, fishing is luck, not skill. I want yeah. that engraved in stone above my head forever. Yeah. 
Yeah, that especially makes sense. if that's how I go yeah. out. Totally worth it. Totally worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I get the last laugh. That's the important part. It's true. But I don't know. Uh, I don't really hold a grudge against him. I got my sorry. I'm not really mad at him. If he's listening to this podcast or someone knows of something that happened to, if you know who this happened to, I mean. Yeah, if anybody knows Ryan the Knife Guy. <laughs> I mean, don't give him my number. But <laughs> <laughs> well, supposedly he still has it. I think he does. I'm honestly, I'm pretty sure he does because I have not changed my number. Um, I think he's still in my phone. Let me check. I, I'm actually going to check right now. I'm going to get my oh, phone. Out. Oh my! Oh Just my god! Dig back through, see what we can find. I have I have so many Ryan's in my phone though. It's a common name. There's a lot yes. of them out there. No, I don't have his number. Oh no, yes, I do. I just popped up. Oh, <laughs> I still have his number. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I'm not sending him a text message. I, I'd advise against it. Let yeah. sleeping dogs lie. Yeah, it's probably good. And that is the end of my story for today. If you liked it, please consider subscribing and liking it and sharing it with your friends. The music today was provided by the Supercontinents. And until I see you next time, please keep looking up.